Hello, welcome to jasonnewland.com. My name is Jason Newland. This is Let Me Bore You to Sleep. Please only listen when you can safely close your eyes. Just to let you know that my website, jasonnewland.com, is coming along quite nice. Not every single one of my recordings is available on there yet. And today is the 11th of, or what, September 2019. So if you're listening to this in 2043, then yeah, everything is on there. But I've just got under 900 recordings available on there at the moment. So I'm in the middle of uploading. It's not so much uploading, just embedding the podcast player into the posts so I'm doing the self-help and self-development podcast some good stuff in there actually but uh, excuse me that's what I'm up doing at the moment and then there's probably another probably another 10 10 maybe 15 podcasts uh, that I'll be adding so I'll be interested to find out how many recordings there are all together I know it's over a thousand but I'll just be interested to kind of see the total And I would say that 2019 has been my, the most I've produced. And it's got me thinking. And uh, did I say only listen when you can safely close your eyes? So I'm going to be talking a little bit about my life. Some personal stuff, so it might not be uh, quite as, I don't know, it, it might be a little bit different to maybe some of the other recordings, so it might be a bit boring, but in a different way, kind of uh, boring as in, what are you telling me this for? Say something silly. So, they may be less silly stuff than normal. Um, but it's up to you. It's it's going to talk about... I will talk about my... Uh, illness, disability, whatever you want to call it. And just... I don't want to go into details. Just... We talked about some of the... Um, some of the questions I've had in my head today as I tap my head 
scratch my scalp. I just had a really unusual day. I say today, it was yesterday, but um, so here's here's the thing. I had an appointment to get help with filling in my PIP review form and it's like a benefit uh, that we get or that I get uh, for like a disability benefit for the bipolar and I I've, I've had I've filled in two of these forms before uh, I think one was in 2014 then 2017 and now 2019 and I've had help uh, all three times including today the previous times just seemed a bit easier this was by far one of the um, the hardest ones I've ever done and it was well, when the appointment was 1.30 this afternoon or yesterday afternoon and I got out there by I guess it was like quarter, quarter past four maybe half past four um, so that, and I was in there at five past one so I got in there early um, just because that's the buses and just that's the time I got in I wanted to make sure I got in early so to start with, I see I I, I sleep quite well, which is probably good news for people that listen to my insomnia sessions. Uh, that I don't generally have any issues with sleeping, although I have in the past had a lot of problems with sleeping, but not these days. And I generally, so I thought I was going to cough. Then I genuinely, generally sleep during the day, so I, I don't sleep at night. Um, there's, a, there's a few different reasons for that, but the I try and make use of being awake during the night to make recordings and maybe work on a website and watch a movie you know listen to some music play with Andre you know just things like that and it's quiet usually generally quite quiet um, and I like this time of the day it's it's one thirty-five in the morning. Yeah, yeah, one thirty-five. It's one of the, my my favourite times. 
and generally I'd go to bed on a good day I'd go to bed about four sometimes a bit earlier sometimes three sometimes six sometimes eight sometimes a lot later but generally I'm in bed by seven usually the cutoff point in the morning when I go to bed it's usually more around the six o'clock mark and because I knew I had to get up on Tuesday to, uh, to go to this thing and I set my alarm I did go to bed early I haven't felt particularly good the last couple of days not made any recordings and then I oh man I struggled to get out of bed but I did it I had a bath I did all the things I just really didn't want to do but I just did it I didn't have I didn't have any breakfast cereal so I mean, luckily I found some porridge or some ready break that I had so I had a little bit of milk so I had some of that didn't have time for a cup of coffee so I'm just a little bit it's just it's just lucky that it wasn't hot because having a bath in the summer when it's hot I end up spending the next hour sweating it's like uh, internal sauna but uh, I got the bus got on there got to where I was going I had a really strange thing. I went to the shop and I got a bottle of Coke. I was going to get a bottle of water, but for some reason I just got a bottle of Coke. And I'm standing outside the shop. And it's, this is superficial. I'll warn you before I start. I'm not going to go into details again. But I just saw what I can only explain as some kind of angelic figure walking across the road the other side of the road walking past and it's this this lady she she walks past and I'm just transfixed literally just can't take my eyes off her and she looked over at me and smiled and she chucked a carrot at me and it hit me in the eye no that, that bit didn't happen and I was like oh. it was just really strange I just because it's hard to explain but you know I was just like wowed it was one of those wow moments I was like uh huh very strange and I think what's happened is I live in a, a university town and every September I don't spend I rarely go into town I rarely leave my home to be fair but 
I noticed this when I did live in town. Every September, the town seemed to be full of new people. Uh, not just uh, like young students, but you know, adult students and people who are in their twenties, thirties, forties, whatever. And because there's a college, and there's also a university as well. So the big college and a big university. Uh, plus, you got the the col uh, the hospitals, the university as well. So all these so there's lots of new people arrive every year. So I'm thinking maybe she's one of them because this isn't someone that I would ever forget seeing. He's kind of etched in my memory now. It's very strange. Um, but yeah. So that was just part of me was thinking, oh, I wish I'd just gone over and said hello to her. But what is there to say? It's just weird, isn't it, going up to someone saying, Hello, I just wanted to say hello to you. I hope that's okay if I say hello. My name is Jason. What's your name? Oh, Tangerine. What a lovely name. I used to have a cat called Tangerine. It's, I don't know what, it's, you know, there'd be, no reason for me to go over there and I do believe that everyone should be able to just walk down the street without being harassed <laughs> you know they should should be able to just walk around without being hit on by men or women or anything but and I just you know I know that this is someone that probably gets way too much attention as it is so probably kind of annoying for her you know to be a, to to get that amount of attention and I've met lots of women like that in the past I've met lots of men like that as a past as well that just seem to get lots of attention you know they just seem to be a magnet I work with someone in insurance years ago it's just a long time ago and he just it's, I'd walk with him because he, he's, he's, he really liked me so he wanted to go out drinking with me and stuff and I worked with him in the team with him next to him and he kept saying let's go out for a drink and I said no can't be bothered I see enough of you as it is you know standard stuff that I used to say to people because I didn't really want to spend time with people outside of work. You spend eight hours a day, that's enough. <laughs> that was always my attitude, really. But in the end, I kind of gave up and said, all right, let's go for a drink. And we did get on really well. Kind of almost best mates, really, I suppose. And women were just literally... Uh, I say women, a lot of women seem to be just obsessed with him. And I could understand it in a way, but just like, what, what, what is it? And the thing I didn't like about it is I thought, well, you know what, I'm, I've kind of done okay in my life. 
had lots of girlfriends and you know on my own I can go, I can get by you know with the way I look but standing next to him I must have looked like a scarecrow because you know he's, he's, that's the thing it's like actually I'm going to look much much uh, less than I'd like to and so but because wherever he went there he had followers he had female followers and it sounds it sounds like kind of made up and I was surprised because I hadn't seen that level before I've known lots of men and lots of women that have been have really like they attracted the opposite sex or the same sex whatever but they they seem to attract literally like a magnet so he was one of them and but it was on a level that I'd yeah I don't think I've ever seen I've not seen it since either it was almost like um how I imagine someone like Brad Pitt or George Clooney the kind of if they weren't movie stars they would still be someone like George Clooney with his personality for example and the way he looks and his personality I imagine he could have he would have still um, been attractive attractive to a lot of people but would he have had that personality if he hadn't been famous because with fame and success can come confidence I suppose so he might not have had that confidence I don't know I'm just just talking for the sake of talking really but So I know it can be, it's like on one level, like, well, this is superficial because you're attracted to someone. Well, actually, that's not really superficial. That's just human. We're all attracted to people. We all are, aren't we? Whether it's men or women, uh, doesn't necessarily have to be a romantic attraction. You could be attracted, we're attracted to our friends. We're attracted to our family members, you know, in a sense of there's an attraction there. Someone that you like, you're attracted to their personality or the way they behave. Like, you know, I've got an auntie that I'm that I really get on with. So there's an attraction there to, to her. Not a weird attraction, not some kind of uh call the police attraction. But it's an attraction, isn't it? It's being attracted to something. Being attracted to your iPhone. I'm attracted to my punch bag. I'm attracted to Andre because he's the cutest little little boy in the whole wide world. But you know, and if you've seen pictures of him, you'll you'll see what I mean because he is so cute. But I just love him to bits, so that's a different thing. It's just, but I'm attracted to him because he's, uh, 
I know him, I know his personality, but people are attracted to him. When I take him walking, people stop. Children, adults, other dogs. Not he's, I know he's not a dog, but he thinks he is, I think. But all kinds of like, people stop because he's so cute. Or there's that, oh, what is it? First of all, I have to say, well, it's not an it, it's a he. His name's Andre. I used to say that, I don't anymore. Is it a ferret? Is it a rat? Yes, it's a rat. Doesn't it look like a rat? When actually, when he's wet, he does look like a rat, but that's besides. I actually, I was, I, I was giving him a big cuddle this morning because my nerves were all over the place as I was getting ready to go to that meeting to get this form filled in so I had the bath running and I was holding on to Andre and trying to just calm down because like holding him and stroking him and cuddling him kissing him can help me uh, to just relax you know what I didn't realise is I'd spent way too much time standing over the bath while the bath was running and Andre started to panic because he thought I was going to give him a bath so I had to take him out of the bathroom he started to shake literally I had to take him out of the bathroom so it, it turned out that I was cuddling him to get comfort for me and then I took him into the living room and I was cuddling him to give him comfort and reassurance because although he does need to have a bath every now and then it's it is a for him it's a traumatic experience he doesn't like it generally doesn't like it and I don't like putting him through it so I would never do you know I only do it because I have to now and then and just you know just generally he's got self-cleaning skin he's got oils and um but he still gets muddy it's very it does look after himself it's very clean um but i you know so i ended up cuddling him to make him feel better it's kind of weird so i suppose we've got this mutual thing going on because he does when he's when we're out he's fearless but at the same time he wants me to be there a lot of the time and I keep climbing up I want me to hold on to him or especially if I stop and I talk to someone so even if there's not a dog or anything it's just me talking Andre will climb up to get up for me to carry him so I'll hold him and he just lays there for as long as I'm talking for doesn't try and get down anything he's just like clinging to me so it's it's kind of weird really I don't know why so anyway so that bit about seeing someone that was that I was attracted to not superficial really it's just being a human being because and it's hard I think it's hard for people to for some people to realise that 
I think there's this thing that I've got a friend I've got this friend he said to me at the weekend I think I spoke to him and it did annoy me it's because he said this before and it's just just because I don't know it just, it just really winds me up but he said um, talking about relationships I think he said yeah I think Oh yes, yeah, so like we did meet someone that was, um, what was the way he termed? Uh, was it a suitable age, or that kind of term? Um, in other words, the same age as him. That's that's how he. Oh, a suit was it a suitable age or respectful age? It wasn't legal. It wasn't a legal age. Uh, is so he puts. I kind of get a sense of this because I know some people put very um, limits on who they would be with like all date so I have no limits as long as it's legal I have no limits I don't care where someone's from I don't care what the colour of the skin is of the person what their language is where, what money they have whether they can drive I don't care how tall someone is how much someone weighs uh, body shape even I'm not that bothered it's it's, I don't, you know, it's because everybody's got their own individual uniqueness, haven't they? And I'm not bothered about age either. If I meet someone who's 75 and I fall in love with them, then I'm going to be with them if they want to be with me. I generally don't care. I mean, why? Why put limits on ourselves for happiness? Why limit our happiness by saying, I'm only going to date someone between the ages of 41 and uh, 55, for example, or 45 and 55. That's the only age gap I'm going to date, and they must be... Caucasian, or the, they must be from Scotland, or they must have red hair, or be a brunette. They must be shorter than me. They must be slimmer than me, or they must be, uh, you know. Why? I mean, in the past, it has been. I've avoided dating taller woman although I have dated taller women as well but just thinking oh people might laugh at her not so much laughing at me because I don't really care that much but I didn't want people to be mocking her for dating someone that was shorter but the, the t much taller lady that I dated I knew that she could give way more better than she would get so although if anyone laughed at her they would 
they would come second best. So I knew she could take care of herself. So I wasn't worried about her feelings for that one. I was only young as well. I was just happy to have a hand to hold. <laughs> yeah. So, um, but like, what does it matter? I remember, seriously, I remember years ago. Oh, it's oh, another story. I'll tell that another time. But, but on the same side, what's wrong with going for what you like? So there's a, not having any limit limitations, trying to like remove those limitations, but not removing what you really like. So if you like someone with really big feet, then what's wrong with going for someone with really big feet? Or if you like someone that's really tall, you know, proper like six, nine, seven foot, if that's what you like, what on earth is wrong with that? Because that's not really superficial, I don't think. Going, for, you know, going for what you like is something really does it for you. I mean, really, why on earth shouldn't you? If you're really attracted to someone with red hair or someone that has a lisp, that might sound like a weird attraction, but I, I find that really cute. I don't know why. I don't know why. Genuinely do not know why, but when I hear uh, a woman talk and she's got a bit of a lisp, I, I like it my ears enjoy it like I don't know why who knows and I've, I don't know anybody in my life in the past that I could kind of trace it back to you know it's not like my grandmother had a lisp so I had a um, so I had a very close bond to my grandmother so it wasn't that maybe 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 when I was in a children's home, one of the the care workers there had a lisp. But it's too too long ago to me to remember. So maybe someone that I did see regularly and I perhaps really loved, felt attached to. And that's why I've got that connection. Who knows? I think it's fascinating. But I don't think that's I don't think it's superficial. treating someone a certain way just because of how they look that's superficial only being nice to people because you're attracted to them superficial only giving someone a job because of how they look superficial but then that isn't that the workplace how it used to be well isn't it still like that it might not be based on how big your chest is or how tall you are or how 
strong you, how many muscles you've got, or what kind of special beard you have. But if you go for a job in an office and you don't wear a suit and you turn up in flip-flops or a fireman's costume, kind of like, you know, from the YMCA video, if you turn up like that for your interview, regardless of what qualifications and experience you've got, you possibly won't get the job. That's superficial, isn't it? <laughs> I'm also almost trying to justify my absolute... Just my tongue just hanging out of my mouth <laughs> earlier on in the day with absolute wonder. And you know, I don't care. It's okay to be attracted to people. And I just, there seems to be sometimes this thing where it's like, oh, you mustn't, you mustn't now. You're now a middle-aged man. You can't be attracted to people you're attracted to anymore. It does seem to be that I have to pretend. So I don't know what it's like for women because I've not asked any women uh, this question. But I know I've got most of my uh, information from women about how how men are supposed to behave when they're middle-aged. Supposed to, apparently. And men are no longer supposed to be attracted to women that they're attracted to. That's basically what they're saying. And the fact is men as well as women are attracted to who they're attracted to. We're just attracted to who we're attracted to. It doesn't it's not based on age. It's based on attraction. It's emotion. Logic don't come into it. I do find it's kind of quite funny really because there seems to be this it seems to be a rule that if you've got kids and if you've got teenagers so if, if a man's got a teenage daughter and then he's got a, a and the daughter's like in her 20s he can no longer be attracted so let's say he's got a 25 year old or a 30 year old daughter that morally or legally, societally, he is no, he's not allowed to be attracted to any female of that age. When the reality is, sorry to break it to you, 
those that maybe don't know, they are still attracted to women of all ages, regardless of whether they've got kids. So I'm still attracted to, my attraction is broadened as far as the kind of women that I like because I always had an open mind to be fair because I remember looking in the mirror enough times during my adolescence to realise I'm going to have to have an open mind. <laughs> I'm not going to gonna be able to be too fussy. So I kind of had an open mind. And even now, there's this girl, and she was she was young, and I was young at the time. I was, what, 19, and she was probably 17? I don't know. Something like that. And I didn't ever date her, but we were very huggy, and I, I really, really liked her. And ever since, um, she had her, her face... Never said she had a face, but her face is whenever I see anybody that looks like her, and I've seen a few people, I become transfixed because it's almost like um, hard to explain, but I've met a few women that have had similar facial features to her so I don't know if it's just I was attracted to her face type or it was just her who I liked and then um, surrounded emotion around that facial structure it might sound strange you might think what do you mean facial structure well I can't explain it, but I could. If I, if I was a if I was a, an artist or a drawer, I could draw a picture and I could show you exactly because the image is in my head. Or so not all the time. I'm not walking around thinking about it all the time, but the image I remember what she looked like, like perfect image of what she looked like facially, and. So maybe that is superficial. But in a sense, that was based on emotion. Because I really liked her. She had a boyfriend and she got pregnant. And, you know, there there was kind of... I think had she not had a boyfriend and had she not been pregnant or got pregnant, I might have got together with her and I might still be with her who knows there's no way of knowing is it but there is an attraction there between us even if it was just friends but we like touching each other like cuddling and you know which is probably a bit more than just being friends but there was no romance and Yeah, that makes sense. But 
I think I'm trying to avoid talking about the form being filled in. Oh. So. So I see this person walking by the other side of the street. It wasn't really a big issue, just, oh, hello. Just saw, like, oh, it's just a human being, you know. I'm, I'm very unsuperficial, so I don't, I'm never attracted to anyone ever, because that would be superficial. And of course, if I was, it'd have to be a 49-year-old uh, female basically born on exactly the same day because uh, not allowed to be happy am I <laughs> I have to limit my happiness to just so I have to find someone that was born at the end of August 1970 so uh, I've, I've, I really do believe that everyone just chill out a bit and just do what makes you happy. Be with whoever makes you happy. Don't put too many limitations on it. And I, I love the term, the... What is it? Um, regret is worse than rejection. I never understood that term until I got a bit older. Um, I'm not sure if it's someone else's term or I just made it up but regret is way worse than rejection and I spent most of my life thinking that rejection was the worst thing and now at 49 I realised that actually no regret and the good thing about it is I've still got another 50 years, so I'm only halfway through my life. So I can maybe start looking at moments to not be regretful for. Although at the same time, I think it's, it's just healthy to let that stuff go because it doesn't matter anymore. She imagine you with all that stuff in her heads, you know, all the regrets, and oh, she have done this, wish I'd done that. That is the equivalent of just never flushing your toilet, but keep using your toilet, but just never flushing it. Can you imagine the mess? You know, that's pretty much what's going on in our heads when we've got all that regret, when we're thinking about the past. Like, come on, just flush that toilet and let it go let it go away flush it away it's not needed, it's not helpful it's not useful doesn't make you feel wonderful does it? no let it go so I go into the place that's going to help me to fill in my form get in there at 5 past 1 in the afternoon and at half one, someone comes out and says, Jason? I said, yes, yes. So I come in. And right from the start, she was in a bad mood. And she told me she was in a bad mood. 
and she'd had a terrible day and the first thing she said was um, we should have made the appointment at one o'clock because this is going to take ages and I like to do things properly and I don't like to drive home when it's night when it's dark at night and whatever I didn't listen to everything she said but she said like proper it's basically basically had a dump on me a dump of negatives negativity uh, offloaded her annoyance of the day <laughs> like oh lovely and uh, I was just trying to hold it together to get through the experience that was about to occur and um, and I said to her okay right well what we need to do and she said no I'll tell you what we need to do like no it was very much trying to take control but I just I, I was going there I knew what I wanted to be done and I was asking for her help to help me and what I needed from her which I said is when I was here two years ago the man that helped me said that you photocopy all the documents before you send it away before you know give it to me to send away and you'll keep it on file and then next time you'll have all the information there to make it a bit easier to fill the form in so we know what I was said last time two years ago and she said no I said what she said no I said how dare you I didn't so I said uh, what do you mean she said no it's, it's gone what do you mean it's gone it's been archived and then she said besides I like to fill the form in fresh I don't want to copy and I said it's not about copying it's so that I don't contradict myself from last time which I think is a fairly important thing so she called in a manager plus she couldn't get a computer started and uh, the manager said oh no it's archived I don't know why the person told you that and there was a few things I said well if I'm not mistaken doesn't archive mean something stored so at a later date you can retrieve it retrieve and she said we can't be retrieved and I said retrieve isn't that what archive means a place that you store something which you can retrieve because if it's not it therefore means it's just a bin or a shredder you've destroyed the information she said no it's not been destroyed it's been archived and it's kept at a different place so I said well can't you ask for it to be retrieved and she said no the lady's on holiday and I said 
There's a lot of obstacles here today, isn't there? A lot of obstacles. And I could feel my calmness somewhat moving in energy. <laughs> and uh, I said obstacles everywhere, like little landmines. No, we haven't got it. It's been archived. Bang. But even if we could get it, we can't. Because the lady's on holiday. Barbara, she's on holiday. And we're short-staffed. And anyway, I've had a bad day. I don't need this hassle. I can't get the computer started. So, uh... I kind of had to accept that situation that we needed to fill the form in from scratch. And it's not a case of uh, making stuff up because I'm honest. I, I try and be honest pretty much most of the time. I know I make stuff up in recordings and I say silly stuff, but generally um, you know, my condition that I've got is bipolar affective disorder and I've got uh, emotionally unstable personality traits so that's kind of my official diagnosis from my psychologist and It was kind of weird sometimes, you know, writing down stuff and sort of explaining, trying to explain my situation. And basing it on kind of the worst scenario, the worst day, you know. And not every day is a worst day, otherwise I wouldn't be here. So every it's... It's really hard to explain to someone or to write it down, to have it understood because I kind of don't understand it myself, if I'm honest. But a mood, for a mood disorder, a mood issues, it's changing. That's the whole point is it's extreme changes of mood. And... At one point I said to her, I'm not a zombie. Because at one point she said, uh, it was about talking about money, and I said, well, I'm a little bit in debt with online catalogue. And she said, oh, but if you put down that, that'll prove that you've got an interest. So I'm not allowed to have an interest. Not allowed to be interested in anything. Because when I'm low, I've got no interest in anything. So that doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't... Um, it doesn't... It's just like, well, I'm, I'm still a human. I'm still... 
still alive. I'm still functioning when I function. I just don't always function as well as other times. Sometimes I can't function at all. But I'm still alive. I'm not a zombie. And there are times when I am interested in stuff and I've kept this online service that I do, this free podcast and stuff that I've been doing since 2006. I've kept that going for years. I'll admit I'm not always interested in it. There's been times when I've destroyed everything I have. Destroyed so many different websites and got rid of podcasts, got rid of videos, YouTube channels. You know, I've, so yeah, there are times when I have uh, the complete opposite to being interested in this, but I keep coming back and I keep going. And this is probably my savior in a sense. But the idea that I'm not supposed to have anything that I'm interested in. Because if I'm interested in something, it proves that I'm fine. <laughs> it's like, what? Really? So this... It's, you know, I see a psychologist regularly. It's now, it used to be every week, now it's every two weeks. And she seems to be the only person that understands my situation by talking to me, by getting to know me. And she realizes exactly kind of what this lady today said to me. She said, she, she stopped at one point and she said to me, so how old are you? I said, 49. She said, are you in a relationship? I said, no. She, so you said you live on your own? I said, yep. I thought she was coming on to me, seriously. And uh, she, she said uh, something like, how come? How come you're on your own? How come you're not in a relationship with someone? And I said, what do you mean? She said, well, you're quite an affa affable. I don't know what that means, but I think that she said that. Something, person, come across as... And that's the thing. That's what bugs me. That's what bugs me. This is turning to a moan, isn't it? So those of you that... It's a little bit different from the, the average session. I think it seems that it's not just the general public... You know, the, you know, this stigma, it's not just the general public. It's the professionals that also seem to have an issue that don't, can't quite grasp the idea that somebody can be sitting in front of them, talking articulately, which I think I pretty much do, looking absolutely fine not being aggressive not being uh, you know being able to interact being able to communicate 
being able to be there, present in that moment. Being able to be humorous, being able to be quick-witted, being able to um, show an interest in that other person. The idea that that person is anything but totally well seems to be mind-boggling for a lot of people. And I'm, I'm talking about professional people, professional as in with mental health care. I'm not talking about all, I'm just saying about some that I've met. They can't get their head around it. You must be fine because you look fine, because you talk fine. Talking has never been a problem for me. I think I've kind of proved that. Although sometimes I can't function to talk. And I don't make recordings during that time. But I might make a recording on that day. Because after six hours of being in bed, I might actually come out of it with a bit of energy where I can just sit and make a recording which takes no physical energy at all. Just sitting, talking. And because talking comes so naturally to me, and it flows, and in some ways, doing the hypnosis recordings is in some ways easier than actually talking normally. It could give the impression that I'm just faking it. I'm absolutely fine. That just seems a shame. Knowing that if I'm being treated like that, how are other people being treated? And what if they, how do they deal with it? I almost feel lucky that I've got these, uh, this, um, not release, because I'm not doing it as a release, but I've got this outlet, this creative outlet that allows me to put energy into helping others, hopefully. And I say hopefully, I get told by people regularly that I'm helping them. But, you know, I I don't want to just assume, I can't assume that everyone listens, gets helped, because I'm sure that's not the case. But I like to hope that, you know, I like to think that a lot of people do benefit. And also, I, I know, I really believe that those that don't benefit would not come back and listen. And I get a regular uh, listeners, you know, I get a regular uh, amount of, you know, thousands of listeners every day. So I know that they're not stupid. People that listen to these recordings are intelligent. And therefore you wouldn't listen unless you were gaining something from it. Just like I wouldn't listen... 
I listen to Jim Rohn, his audios, I listen, I watch his YouTube videos. I listen because I gain from it. Not just for the sake of watching it. If I didn't, I wouldn't I wouldn't watch it. You know. I listen to another one, I forget his name, and he's he's quite a big name on the motivational circuit. Uh he's done lots of audios and stuff. I didn't like his voice. I think it was he spoke too quickly for me. It's like really which is weird because Zig Ziglar talks quite quickly. Jim Rohn talks quite quickly sometimes. But he's so slow as well at times. He draws out words. and it's I suppose it's just in the delivery. I mean, there's uh, a YouTube hypnotist. It's a lady, I forget her name. Very, very popular. Very popular. One of the top YouTube hypnotists. And uh, she almost sounds a bit like a robot. Very kind of monotone, but kind of robotic. But hugely, hugely popular. And so it's all down to what you like, isn't it? It's... Some people would prefer to have to hear an American voice. Some people would prefer to hear a Canadian voice. Uh, I'm no doubt that there's people in Scotland that would perhaps prefer to hear a Scottish voice, or people in uh, Ireland would perhaps prefer an Irish accent, or someone in Liverpool might prefer a Liverpool accent, or. In Australia, they might prefer an Australian accent. Or maybe in France, they prefer someone to be speaking in French. Or German, you know, going on and on like that. So, it's whatever. Everyone's got their own preference. And that's not superficial, I don't think. It's just, I love going back to the superficial bit. It's a preference. We've all got preferences. That's okay. I mean, superficial for me is someone that stops loving someone because they don't look exactly the way they looked when they met them 30 years ago. I mean, that's superficial. That's just ridiculous. No one looks the same way they did 30 years ago. So, not even me, not even me. God, how old was I 30 years ago? So 1989, 99, 2019. So 1989, I was, I just turned 19, I think. Wow. I'm still a virgin, can you believe it? I remember a surname, I'm not going to say it, but Michelle. 
1990 on the living room floor I think she was about 23, 24 and uh, of course I should have dated someone of 19 I shouldn't should never have dated someone different age to me why should I be happy but you know I broke those rules I dated her I loved her and all that and uh, yeah so I was in this place doing the form and it was it was quite weird because I started off not being this lady's biggest fan <laughs> at the beginning um, and I probably wasn't she wasn't my biggest fan and then as the time went by and it did go by I mean it was that's the length of a date you know, that's a let. We could have had a meal and got drunk in that time and promised to call each other at the end of it and left knowing that neither of us were going to call each other. So I just, it got, it was just, it was just so tiring. I just didn't I didn't even know how I was going to get to the bus I did feel like I could even, could even walk I just I went through the questions one after another and each question had three parts and uh, in the end you know so what about the closing statement I mean, closing statement that's the kind of stuff you have when you apply for a university course a closing statement to talk about what you offer the course and what you gain from want to gain from it and all that stuff like that. come on man so I, I did I gave a and I thought no I'm just going to be honest here I'm going to tell him how it is so I did so and she just wrote down what I said in the end she said uh, please please tell me that's all there is which is quite weird because 20 minutes earlier she was saying we need to have a closing statement can you please tell me something to write down and after she was writing she said oh, that's enough no more no more no mass so I said okay and then she went and photocopied it all and we had a few laughs with each other during the during the thing at one point she stopped and started talking to me telling me about stuff about herself so we kind of I suppose it was it's that kind of relationship that you probably build in a lift or an elevator that breaks down. So you're stuck waiting for the engineers to come and fix the fix it so we can move to the next floor and you can get out. So to start with there's that 
just not wanting to talk to each other. <laughs> and then eventually the barriers broke down and kind of was stuck in this together. Let's just make the best of it. And then as we got close to the end, uh, it was like I was there was a sense of we're getting to the near, getting to the end of our sentence here. You know, we'd be living in a cell together now. We get to get to leave each other forever. And then when we did say goodbye, it was like oh, it's like the freedom. Opening the door, you could just walk out into the freedom, and I think she felt that as well. I think she's. Oh. So I um, then I went to the post office, and it's quite—I don't think ironic's the right word—but I had, I don't know why, but two of my neighbours, I ended up taking packages for them to the post office to and pay for them to be delivered, plus one for myself, which was the one I paid £7 so it got delivered by tomorrow so I had all these packages to deliver which was like so I went into the post office which had been moved to a different building so I had to find that and then went in there and I queued up didn't have to wait long and, and when I got to the to the, the window you know to the, the the man that was opposite he kept calling me sir and in a way that expressed his dissatisfaction with his job he just really didn't seem very happy and um, or he was having a bad day or something like that and I, I said to him I just I said, I need to pay for these and do them individually because I needed to get a receipt for each one individually. And uh, he did all that. He said, the first one, he said, what's in it? I said, I don't know. Who's it from? I don't know. It's for a friend. I said, uh, I think the first one's got an album in it. What's it of? I don't know. I really don't, didn't know what it was. And... Uh, the second one, I said, I think that's a CD. What's it of? Don't know. Because I don't. And, I mean, it's not like, well, I mean, if my neighbour had given me a package and it contained something that was going to get me in trouble, it'd be pretty stupid to give it to me. Because you know it's not going to end there. If he's, I'm not going to. I'm not taking a rap for anyone. Um, so you know, he's he's legitimate. He's genuine. He's a nice person. He just he sells albums of himself because he used, he was a um, a musician in the '60s in the psychedelic movement. So he's quite well known, and he he's had quite a resurgence lately. He's quite big in China been going to China like a couple of times a year so he's he sells albums he sort of by the internet and 
he asked me just to post a couple for him and um, and then I posted my friend's one and I got a receipt for that and then I posted mine and I got a receipt for that and I said before that I said how's how's the move gone like now that you're working from inside here rather than the other building he said looked at me and said living the dream <laughs> so I thought okay and uh He's, yeah, he looked, he looked quite stressed. So maybe, I imagine doing that kind of job. Um, I've done, I've had quite a few customer service jobs over the years. And when you're customer facing, it's, there's a certain, um, level of fakeness that needs to be there uh, especially if you're like me and you're a bit moody well I'm probably a lot moody but but working in a factory I could kind of that was always I found that easier because I could just get on with the work didn't have to talk to anyone didn't have to put on a, a pretend happy face or anything because from the other side, I understand that actually, if someone goes into a shop or post office or news agents or whatever, they want they don't want a grumpy person there. They just you know they want to see a friendly face. Because it, it just makes a difference, I think. So it, it's a I'm probably not the best customer facing person myself. I am when I'm when I'm on one, when I'm in a good mood, when I'm feeling good, yeah, I'm probably among the best uh public faces. But uh same as when I used to do telephone sales. It was easy 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 if I was in a up mood but wow was it a challenge on the days when I wasn't so then it got to a point where I was kind of faking and ignoring how I was really feeling and I think it's important that we don't do that. It's good to address how we're feeling. Don't let it control you, but just address it. Notice. Make changes. Because for things to change, for you, you've got to change. Yeah, baby. So I did that. I went to the shop got some food and I then waited for 25 minutes for the bus got on the bus which <laughs> just it's quite a long bus journey and I walked home and I, f I could feel every footstep I just Ugh, ugh, it's just, and 
I felt like I had a heavy, big metal shoes on, and like the earth's core was magnetized, and just my feet were sticking to the ground. Extra, extra amount of uh, what do you call it? What's that stuff that sticks us to the to the ground? See, your brain's gone now. Not Leviton, Everton, Evian, that's water, isn't it? Okay. Oh man, my mind's gone completely, completely, I kind of fallen asleep, I think. Gravity, oh dear, I can't believe I forgot the word gravity. Anyway, I got home. I had see I thought I'd be alright if I was got home had my tea cakes so I had a couple of tea cakes and I sit down on my chair having them and I'd just relax and I'd be fine but I couldn't I needed to lay down so I never lay down just after I've eaten but I couldn't not I had to lay down I couldn't even laying back in a chair wasn't enough. I had to move from being awake to being asleep to, plus I had a headache as well. I took some tablets for that, but I needed to remove, almost wipe away the day <laughs> by going to sleep. And That's what happened. I fell asleep. And that was about half six. I woke up at half nine. I really did feel different. I felt a lot different. I felt... Um, not fully recovered, but definitely took the edge off once I'd had some sleep and what I did tonight something that I don't normally do I don't normally get takeaway food but I treated myself to a pizza and it's in the in Domino's they do a Tuesday two for two or two for one so you buy one pizza you get two pizzas so you get the, the second one free so what I did is I bought sweet and sweet corn and pineapple pizza for myself and I ordered uh, another one and I gave it to my neighbour downstairs because uh, I didn't want to eat two pizzas one's enough for me so I gave that one away but I wasn't going to get just one pizza and pay for that when I can get two for the same price so uh, I gave that to him came back had my pizza I felt better after that as well because it was a nice I know it's carbs but I felt physically and emotionally actually a bit uplifted after eating the pizza and it is my favourite pizza sweet corn pineapple I rarely have it 
you know, once a year maybe if that. So it's not a, like a regular thing due to the cost, it's too expensive. But I just felt I had to, because I couldn't face cooking. I couldn't, I couldn't just, the idea of even just heating the oven up and putting something in there for 50 minutes or 40 minutes, I just uh, couldn't, couldn't face it. So had the pizza and watched a little bit of telly while I was eating that. I feel really relaxed. I feel really relaxed. And uh, I took a medication with the pizza. Because I didn't take any yesterday. Because I didn't eat. I didn't have any meal yesterday. So I only took a medication when I have a, have a meal. And for some reason yesterday I didn't. I forgot. And... And then I thought, because I wasn't expecting to make any recordings today, I wasn't sure if I'll make any this week really, because I haven't really been feeling it. But then I thought, you know what? Oh well, I'll just make a, a let me boy to sleep. But at the beginning, as I did, just to kind of let you know that I'll be talking about some not serious stuff. I suppose it, some of it's kind of serious, but just more kind of a bit more real than sometimes I do. But I did, I did say that at the beginning, and uh, that brings me to the end of this recording. So I think. Thank you for listening and I I will be back again soon and the next one will be silly I'll make sure it's extra silly so thanks for listening lots of love and remember to be kind to yourself and remember I'm going to continue remember don't put limitations on your own happiness because you deserve to be happy. Bye.